and welcome back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am Chip Patterson. That's Kyle Porter. It's been a little bit and a lot has happened, so we've got a lot to get into. It's going to include some thoughts from Stillwater and Carson Creek and where we got to see uh, through Kyle's eyes, we'll get to him in a little bit, the beginning of a Hall of Fame career. Matthew Wolf, the superstar <laughs> freshman. Uh, we'll get into him first and foremost. Also, uh, we're recording this here on Monday afternoon. We have, we've got to get into what was just a, a wild a wild weekend in Dublin, Ohio at the Memorial. Bryson DeChambeau finishing as your playoff winner. Uh, Kyle Stanley had a great performance. Uh, everyone's favorite, Patrick Cantlay, was right in the mix. Um, and, of course, Tiger Woods, uh, he had... All right, we'll get into him more later, but there was a, there was a lot to to take away and to chew on from Tiger Woods in a tournament where I agreed with a, a take that you shared on CBS Sports HQ and elsewhere. It was his best chance to win. Um, but 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 Kyle, man, um, how have you been on your travels? How was how was uh, just taking in the uh, the NCAA's in person? You know the uh, not one, but not two, not three that LeBron did in Miami. Is that what you were doing? That's what I'm doing for Matthew Wolf Major Championships right now. <laughs> so, all right, so let's let's start here. So, uh, to to recap, Oklahoma State uh, golf absolute golf powerhouse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Going up against Alabama, another golf powerhouse. Um, yeah. Matthew Wolf, the 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 star freshman of the Cowboys team, uh, but there's also no shortage of potential future PGA players uh, for the Tide. You know what's uh, you know what what were some of your big takeaways uh, from watching the the showdown? Yeah, it, it was awesome. It, it was a really fun trip. I, I got to go up there with uh, obviously Sean Martin was up there and a couple other people. Got to see some family, uh, my parents, my in laws, and yeah, just the event itself. It was so hot, Chip. I know we talk about this like with the U.S. Open and I mean the PGA. I might die at the PGA this year because it's in St. Louis in August. Um. But it was it was so hot at this event. It was insane. Uh, but Karsten was was great. It was I, I don't necessarily love the course, but it played really well. And you know, there's all this talk about. I think my big takeaway, honestly, was, and I know this is revisionist history. It's easy for me to say this now because my pokes won. But right. the match play is awesome. Like we, we have all this like consternation over, is it the right form? Of course it's not the right format. You know what the right format is playing a million holes. That's the right format to figure out the best team. Guess what? That, that doesn't, you can't do that. Like you can't, it, nothing is, is the right format. So you pick one that's exciting. That's fun. My, I, I talked to Mike Holder, the Oklahoma state athletic director after this, and he was largely responsible for getting match play, implemented into college golf and he was like nobody understands stroke play he's like you throw a score out and parents are asking me who's winning he's like i don't know you know we'll figure it out at the end he's like nobody came to the event and now you get i mean there was four thousand people or whatever there on on wednesday to watch the national championship it was it was awesome i don't know how it came across on tv but the match play format for college golf is is the best and uh, i i you know i would you may or may not believe this, but I would be saying that even if Oklahoma State lost. And and I think that, you know, they've won stroke play three times 
now and then gone on to to win the match play only one of those three times so it's been bad for them in terms of titles but it's great for college golf overall mike holder former oklahoma state golfer right former golfer and former coach one of the uh how i wonder i wonder at how many power five programs like you definitely are going to have uh uh, a couple of from the business side who maybe might be alumni, maybe a couple of people have risen through the ranks. But I feel like most of your uh, most of your alumni athletes as ads, you know, you catch a, catch a football player here and there. Uh, the yeah. so, so what is this six? Um, what, what's my number for Oklahoma State golf championships? Uh, this was number eleven. Eleven. Mm. Eleven. Yeah, but it's only their first since '06. Uh, they want to, they want a bunch in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Uh, they want it in, uh, 2000. They, oh, they beat tiger in 95 and then they want it, I think in 2000 and then Oh six and now 18. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get to Wolf. Sometimes when we see these college stars, particularly when they have a moment, uh, early on in their career, means that you know their time in college could be limited and we could see them start to uh, test the more professional waters here very soon. What, yeah. what, what was your takeaway from Wolf? What is, do we know what the plan is for him over the course of the next one, two, three years? He's a freak. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, his swing speed is a joke. I, <clears throat> I think Noah Up tweeted it. I think his ball speed off his three-wood was like 173, mm. which is way above the tour average. And he's just, he, here's the thing, Chip, he didn't hit driver. Like I saw him pull driver, like, and, and Karsten is not short. It was long. He doesn't hit driver. He doesn't need to because he can place his three wood. He hits it. I mean, he hit, it was a 623 yard par five on the, the ninth hole at Karsten. He goes, he goes three wood, three iron and makes Eagle. Oh my good Lord. And you're like, what, what am I watching? I mean, it's downhill, so it's not like, you know, but still. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was crazy. There, there were two guys that I watched, him, and then obviously Norman Jong of, of Oregon. Uh, the, just the, and, and I thought uh, Oklahoma State's coach, Alan Bratton, he had a great quote to, to Sean about this. He's like, I can recruit Matthew Wolf without, like, with my back turned to him because of the way the ball sounds off the club. And as, as good as it sounded off at his club, Watching Norman Jong, it sounded like somebody was setting a cannon off every time he hit a driver. I mean, it it was like nothing I have have heard out of a college golfer. It was it was unbelievable. And so those are the guys that you look at in terms of highest ceilings. But there was a ton of guys. The kid that <clears throat> Wolf played on Sunday or on uh, Wednesday for Alabama. I think his name's Davis. Stud, unbelievable swing. Justin Thomas uh, was tweeting about how him and Wolf were just just unreal. I mean, they're just awesome. And so I think, you know, you, you see why these guys are able to come out and like Aaron wise did from Oregon win on the PGA tour right away. Cause they're so good at such, such a young age and so refined and, and just ready to go win. What about, all right. So you say refined, like why does, why does Wolf get the, get the unusual swing tag put on him? Well, it is unusual. Well, I mean, I it mean, looks like, it, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't look uh, right out of the, you know, picture perfect VHS tape model, you know, like not something that you would have found on a instructional uh, 800 number book or, you know, nothing that any of the crazy during the like golf explosion and all the, you know, professors and gurus that came out here. Like, I don't 
it's not that, but he swings so damn fast that it's like, well, it's it's an athletic move, right? Yeah, it's like if Gary Sheffield and Jim Furyk uh, like made a sports baby, like had a sports child. Great call. That was a, yeah, I, I got you right now. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah, and at at times you're like, that uh, is it. Does it look good? And then other times I'm like, it's kind of, it's like kind of cool, you know? And I go back to what uh, Porath said after the Players' Championship. He's like, look, is Webb Simpson's swing, does it, is it aesthetically good? No, but I'll take that over some data point driven, you know, swing built in a lab that's not even yours. And and that's the thing, like when you're under the gun at the end of a tournament or at any point in a tournament, you have to know, you have to own your swing. Like it, you have to have something that you can go to guys talk about tigers always talked about like knowing, like just having a go-to swing when everything's going wrong. And so when, when it, when it's unique and when it's yours, it, that that's what you have. And, and Sean actually asked him about it in the, in the post game presser at the, after the championship. And he, he goes, it feels like I'm taking it straight back and straight through. And in, and in my head, I was like, well, you're not even close. Like that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not what you're doing. But to him, he's just hitting the golf ball. And I think we get so caught up in, oh, well, this guy, you know, his swing looks like, it, you know, it was modeled after Adam Scott's swing and he was, you know, training in the Titleist truck since he was six years, whatever. It's like just just go swing, and however you do it, let that be your swing. Hey, I that's a that's a great way. That's that's one of my swing thoughts to get myself out of my own head, standing over the ball. Hey, it's just a golf swing. Just hit it. Just just swing yeah. a swing. Whatever you gotta do. Just yeah, it's great. Yeah, I respect but the, it. The mat, going back to the match play thing real quick. Match play always feels close until it's not until it's over. And right. so I think that's that was sort of my. I didn't actually make my point from earlier, but. It's like the Ryder Cup. Like the U.S. just destroyed Europe last year or uh, six in 2016, but it felt close until like an I don't know an hour and a half left in the event. The entire week feels close because anything can happen in match play, and then it's not, and then you're holding a trophy. So that that's what I love about match play. The the sort of like the almost chess like development of the game in a way, maybe like everything's yeah, kind of moving in position, and then all of a sudden it's like boom, 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 checkmate. Yeah, because so Oklahoma State's up big on Alabama on Wednesday in like three matches. And you're like, okay, well, let's like put two of those aside. Let's say Oklahoma State cruises. All Alabama has to do is flip one of them and then the other two are close. And you're like, hey, they could they could be in this. That's not that big of a deal. You know, right. Three, three down after nine is not I mean, it's not great, but it's not a huge deal. And so compared to stroke play, it just. It, it always feels like it's a lot tighter than it actually is, which I love and which almost knocked Oklahoma State out of the tournament in the quarterfinals and they're playing Texas A&M. Oklahoma State's on the ropes like over the last two holes and yet they, they if they had played all the matches to the very end instead of picking their balls up, they would they could have gone 5-0-0, which is crazy. Yeah. It just is match the, like the swings in match play are, are insane and it makes for just riveting television and and a, a lot of drama when you're there as well all right um someone as, as we start to turn our attention to the memorial um where bryson dechambeau winner um you know he's 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 going to help himself out a lot in the Ryder cup um let's 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 hear from uh from bryson right now it's without 
enough thanks to the the guys at Sick Golf for being able to figure figure out what the proper launch is um, on the putter for me uh, to realize what it what it needs to be uh, on the system called Quintic, and just being able to verify that every week has has allowed me to be more comfortable with how the ball's coming off the face. Proper launches uh, on the system called Quintic. Quintic. Just being able to verify that every week has has allowed me to be more comfortable with how the ball's coming off the face. Great to always hear from uh, Bryson DeChambeau about launches and uh, <laughs> off the putter. It's it's the one year anniversary of uh, the dynamic load comment. Oh my goodness! I was I was going I, w- I was going for uh, let's see what did he, he he also had when he was describing one of his putts, but like. It didn't seem quite nerdy enough or when he was talking about um, it was a seven foot putt with a 2.9 degree slope. And so I knew that for me that it needed to be about two, two and a half inches off to the left. Like that almost seemed normal when I was getting into the yeah. the launch point on the like I could understand that one more than I could get uh, a tech system calculating the right launch point off the putter of the face. I mean, off the face of the putter. But congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau, two time winner on the PGA Tour with this and the John Deere in his back pocket. Got a uh, four, five, six, maybe top ten finishes on the year so far. Uh, didn't always hit it great in this tournament, but putted lights out for the most part until uh, the seventy second hole and and cruises uh, on into a win. It's a big, big week for him. Yeah, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, the Bryson content is good content, mm-hmm. and it's almost too much. Like I almost have too many jokes, like in the in the arsenal. It's kind of like Phil. Like you're like uh, I, I I can't even pick one. Like there's so there's too many. Um, but he's I, but I mean he's a real. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. But in golf, like why why should we be complaining about someone who gives us a surplus of content? Totally. And you and I look at it through different lenses than probably the just casual golf fan. And so I understand why a casual golf fan like doesn't like Bryson DeChambeau because he comes off as. I, I mean, he comes off how he comes off, like talking about Quintech and, you know, launch angles and friction and, you know, it's like a physics lesson every every press conference he has. But for me, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It, it's it's sort of like people were complaining about Patrick Reed and the Masters and it's like Patrick Reed can go shoot a 62 and talk about how he left six out there. And, and for me, that's that's. <laughs> There's there's nothing more that I want. Right. I mean, it, it's like that versus Scott Piercy winning the Zara uh, Classic. No offense to Scott Piercy. You know, like I just I want I want the good stuff and and DeChambeau and Reed are both the good stuff. But yeah, I mean in terms of his tournament, I, I thought it was really a referendum on <clears throat> it's really, really hard to come from behind on a Sunday in the fields that we're seeing right now. And going into Sunday, there's a lot of talk about uh, Rory and uh, Tiger and, and all this stuff. And it's like, do you understand what kind of round it takes on a Sunday to, uh, to come back from like a, a four stroke deficit, a five stroke deficit, a six stroke deficit with multiple guys in front of you? It just, it's, Bryson didn't play that well. He was one under on Sunday with a bogey at the last, and he still wins the tournament. So my takeaway is, I mean, this is 
it sounds dumb now that the tournament is over, but you want to be leading a tournament going into Sunday because of how difficult it is right now with how many stars there are at the top playing well to, to come to come from behind at, at the very end. I, I just, I don't know. I, I know we see guys blow leads all the time, but I feel like more and more you're seeing guys p- play well, they don't even have to play that well, but play from out in front and, and hold on to leads and win tournaments late. Well, let me, here's how uh, you trick yourself because I was doing it um, heading into Sunday like a lot of golf fans were. I said, all right, so if you take the like two best nines that Tigers had, like if, 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 if this, 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 and this, like you, you go through all the scorecards from the first three days and you're like, you know what? He could go 33-33 and you just right. sort of like speak it out into existence imagining A, that uh, Tiger shooting a 66 might be good enough at all to to get back into contention and, you know, number two, no, number one, that he could shoot 33-33. Number two, uh, that everyone else is just magically going to fall back uh, just because Tiger's there, and I don't, you know, I, I am not ready. Like it's Tiger Woods has almost already been normalized for me. Bryson did have uh, in his press conference a funny reaction when they said, you know, were you almost hoping that Tiger would make a charge? And he goes, no, <laughs> it's Tiger Woods, of course not. Yeah. Like I was, yeah. was not rooting to all of a sudden be battling this mythical figure charging up the leaderboard. But I, I do think that he's a little bit been normalized to the point where. You know, we cannot assume both A, that Tiger has a 65 and a 66 in him on any given Sunday, and B, that that's going to have the kind of reaction to, to the rest of the leaderboard that I think a lot of people imagine. Yeah, I agree. And and I guess I don't even mean leading, but just like out there in, oh, yeah, in, the, for group, sure. in, you, the, in the group of leaders. It's just, it, it's one thing to like get a... Um, Jean Vandeveld like meltdown from one player, but to get it from three guys like Cantlay, Stanley, and and Deschambeau, it's just it's, just, it's not going to happen. Like you, you you really and we see this in majors all the time because you're like, oh well, uh, Spieth's six bet. Well, Spieth's a bad example because he almost won the <laughs> the Masters this year, but uh, you know Fowler's six back and Rory's nine back, and you're like, well, that's that's it's not going to happen. It would be historically on uh, nearly historically unprecedented for this to happen and I, I know that we get super excited about stars and and kind of their chances at the very end of these tournaments but you know all these guys are really really good and they're not all going to shoot 76 in the final round so I, I i don't mean to take away from what bryson did and i'm not trying to but that was just that was one of my takeaways from sunday the uh i feel like at the u.s open when we start playing that game I might try and flip it on its head when they're like, oh, Ricky's only or like Tiger's only six or seven off the lead. I'm going to be like, yeah, and he's only four strokes ahead of where the cut line was. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Like, like if, when you're just in the middle of the pack, you can just talk yourself into this thing. And, and I think that uh, I had not thought of this. And I think it's a very good call that, you know, we need to adjust our expectations for what kind of movement you can see on Sunday, uh, given even if it is not star power in terms of the average golf fan, just in terms of the talent um, that's right there. All like you just mentioned, man, Cantley, Stanley and DeChambeau. Stanley's the elder of the group. Was he like 28, 29? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, even then all under 30 younger players, like they're not the there's, 
There, there's too much right now to just assume that just because you average golf fan at home doesn't know their name doesn't mean that they don't have the pedigree or the stuff to be able to uh, to end up in the winner's circle. Uh, yeah, and all, all of this is essentially a function of our um, – I, I what's I don't know the right word like like we get we we weight uh, different holes of the or different rounds of the tournament differently for whatever reason we think round four means more than round one even though nobody like when presented with that information would agree with it we all think of the tournament that way in our minds and you know if you go back and look at the last I think it, what is it twelve Masters winners they've all been in the top ten after round one there's a reason for that it's because. You know, they're all those sleep. Yeah, those sleepy Thursday morning holes are in the in a seventy two hole tournament. Yes, they are. They are weighted the exact same as the seventy first and seventy second hole. They are worth the same you, amount. But don't you think that we look at them differently? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah, there's there's a reason that like the last twelve. I, I, and I I wonder what that number is for all tournaments. Like how many have come out out of the out of the group that's in the top 10 after round one. Cause we kind of look at the top 10 after round one and we're like, eh, you know, whatever, like it was round one and it, uh, but, but I bet that there's a really high percentage of winners across the board on the PGA tour that have come out of the group of players in the top 10 after the first round of all tournaments. I think that, uh, I'm, I'm willing to entertain an argument for the, the mental side and the pressure of playing on the weekend. And certainly there are, um, you know, climate and, you know, weather conditions that you might be facing at different times. But, uh, I like, I, I like the idea that if you really want to think about who's going to win a tournament, chances are they probably need one or both rounds below 70 on Thursday uh, in Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it depends. Like if you're going 68, 68 at the U.S. Open, that's that's curtains. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's over. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I, was, I guess I was thinking about um, like uh, you know the Houston Oak or like any uh, like any of the last couple of tournaments that we've had where it's like yeah you know if if somebody starts out 69, 67, got a decent chance at winning. If you should go 67, 75, I think you're out of it. Bryson started 69, 67 this week. By the way, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a good point. But yeah, I mean, in terms of Bryson, like, I I was really impressed by his ability on Sunday. He's not a great putter, and he's talked about that. And that's not, you know, I'll, most of these guys that are that are considered stars or superstars are there not because they're great putters, but because they're elite ball strikers. Like they and and look at, I mean, look at the final group, Kyle Stanley. Bryson and can't like freak ball strikers, unbelievable ball strikers. And you have a short game that's good enough to compete at that level. And I, I just thought he held it together with the short game His, you know, people talked about his putting, but his, his wedge game was pretty good, uh, around the green. He was really solid. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was kind of rooting for Stanley. I don't totally know why. Um, but when he, when he got, when he caught that heater at the end and then hit the ball off the tree on 18 and I don't know, he just seems like a pretty earnest guy and somebody who, uh, he had a crazy amateur career. Like he was a stud at Clemson and then he's just following that sort of normal path to the PGA tour that we don't 
really acknowledge because we're used to the Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomases. So I don't know. I, I've I've been a fan of his and uh, love his ball striking, but in the end, it was uh, it was Bryce. Did you see the Ben on chip on eighteen? By the way, I the did flop? not. Uh uh-uh. Oh my gosh! He had he he had no green to work with. Hits this flop on the second playoff hole to I don't know three feet or something. And then Bryson obviously makes the birdie in front of him. And then he re- then Bryson reacted like he just won the Grand Slam, by the way. Oh, you didn't like that reaction? I, I'm, again, all Bryson content is good. It's like... It's like uh, Wasn't it a Tiger celebration? Or was it just a big celebration? No, it was Tiger at, at Torrey. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. All, all Bryson content is good, is good content. So yeah, I loved it. But it was just... He he was losing it. It was it was awesome. Um, Bryson, who said, I did not know this until he said it in his uh, post round press conference, missed fourteen straight cuts last year. Fourteen. It's a lot. <laughs> so that's a that's that's a lot of time for struggling. But you know, he talked a lot about it, and he that was all in the context of a question about the celebration and how much this meant. So uh, we got more memorial takes, uh, including the big cat. But before we get to that. We are very, very excited, and we want to tell you about uh, some of our partners. You've probably visited their properties, and if you haven't, you need to find a way to get there soon. It is Top Golf, and here at Top Golf, yes, there are even lessons because here at Top Golf, we do lessons differently. There are certified instructors not only to help you improve your game, but they want you to have a great time too. So sip, snack, swing. And play all better with Top Golf Coach. So you can book a lesson at topgolf.com slash lessons. This is so that you can enjoy everything about Top Golf, but also uh, be able to improve your game and get some lessons. Again, go to topgolf.com slash lessons. Uh, it's 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 low key, is fun, but yet at the same time, uh, certainly a way to shave some strokes off your game out of any of uh, the wonderful Top Golf facilities. Topgolf.com slash lessons. Kyle, you had a, a a really good. I think it was probably Saturday. I think it was even before Sunday even started. You said that Tiger Woods is hitting it like two thousands Tiger and putting like can't get out of bed Tiger. It's true. It's a, it was a true, good, sharp take. And if you can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, <laughs> but what was that? He was like, like number two in strokes gain. Like if you looked at all of his strokes gain stats for the memorial, it's like two, four, nine, two, one hundred and ten. Yeah, he he finished. So I think seventy three guys made the cut. He finished second in or excuse me, he finished 72nd in putting. 72nd. Yeah. Out of, out of 73. And then he was first from tee to green. And the remarkable part about that is he was first from tee to green, all, even though he was 65th in driving. And that, that includes your driving. That's everything that's not putting, essentially. So all that to say, like, if he, if he is average – in the field in driving and putting he wins by, I think I, I tallied it up. I think he wins by four average 0.0 strokes gain. Now somebody pointed this out on Twitter and it's a good point. Like if he's driving it differently then maybe he doesn't gain as many strokes on his approach shots, there's, there's some kind of wonkiness with the numbers there, but the point remains 
can't putt it, can't drive it right now. And I thought Will Gray did a really good job <clears throat> for Golf Channel of pointing out like it's it's been one or two things at every event. So like early in the year, he's putting it really well. His short game's unbelievable, but he's not hitting his irons. And so we we have yet to see him sort of put it all. T- I, w- I would say the closest he got to putting it all together was the weekend at the players. It wasn't even – I mean, he was he putted it so bad this week that it wasn't even really – he wasn't even really close in every category. But the weekend at the players uh, was awesome. And uh, his ball – I mean, his, the way he's working it both ways and his wedge game, uh, his wedge game feels automatic right now. I mean, it, it's it's really crazy. Like, I, I, I maybe it shouldn't be, but – yeah, I don't know uh, he, if it should be crazy. Like, I think, I think that this is the, um, like, like this is the sobering. Uh, these are the sobering realizations that we're going to need to have, right? Like, you can't. It can't all be putting together. It can, like there's is there's just yeah. Th- there's just not. Uh, there's just not a potential for it all to come together perfectly. And so, you know that because I think that's the reality then it just becomes a question of, all right, well, is enough going to come together for Tiger Woods to be able to win this golf tournament this particular week, whether it's the U S open, whether it's the Memorial, you know, what, whatever the tournament that week is, you know, is it does the course set up, um, you know, what's the, you know, what's his history there. And, and you're basically placing all these bets, not on the idea that everything's going to be firing, but that enough is going to be rolling for him, for him to be able uh, to defeat the field because he's just shown that yeah he, he's shown that it's all there i and i just don't think at this point in his career that it's realistic to think that everything's going to be firing yeah i mean he's almost like excuse me i he's kind of like a normal superstar right now and and that speaks to two things so what i what i mean by that is that normal superstars finish first in the field in in from tee to green. Like that's like a Dustin Johnson stat or a Rory McIlroy stat. But at the same time, they'll have a bad putting week and not win. Uh, so that's what we see from a lot of those top guys. But it also speaks to the fact of just what he did in the early and mid-2000s where he was – doing this same thing, but he was also one of the best putters in the field. I mean, I think it was Hank Haney that was like, it seems unfair that literally the best ball striker in the history of the sport is also one of the best putters and probably the best lag putter of all time. Mm. Like it's it's just, that's, I mean, that's what you were dealing with if you wanted to be a tiger. And, And so you don't really see that from any of the top, top, tier ball strikers these days you'll get a week of it like you'll get a week of rory putting well or dj putting well or ricky putting well but you don't you don't really get it uh in in the same way as you consistently did with tiger in in the 2000s what uh what 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 were some of your other general reactions to tiger particularly as we start to play this forward uh now i guess what two one two Two more weekends between now and the U.S. Open, right? Yeah. No, it's next week. It's next week. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So, what? Where are we at? Where are we at with the big cat? Uh, I mean, I th- he could he he can win the U.S. Open. He's in the field, right? He can win the U.S. Open. Uh, I I honestly think he should be one of the favorites. 
I mean, I think he is one of the favorites, but I think he, I think he should be as well, not just because his name is Tiger Woods. Uh, the the way he's the way he's working the ball is it it's it's amazing. I mean, I I see more of his shots than I see of other guys just because he's on TV more. Right. But um, I don't know. Leave the driver at home. I I don't I don't know I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I I don't know. I I I think the USGA is is tightening up the. I mean, they don't want to see sixteen under win it again, right? So I think they're going to tighten things up. I think it's going to be a little bit. It might get a little crazy. The uh, who knows. Um, so oh I, I think that's that's going to be a, a a thing disadvantage for him. Oh, that, um, oh that's also going to be a thing. Yeah, it's already a thing. Rory and Phil have already talked about it. They're, oh, they're already coming after the USGA. Yeah, they both, independent of one another, talked about the USGA on the weekend at Memorial. What do, you, do 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 they even like make eye contact with Mike Davis in a like in a buffet line? You know, like like you know in those fancy uh, buffet lines where it's probably at a hotel and like the ballroom and it's just where everyone's gonna be eating their meal and you're working both sides of the line. Like if all of a sudden they're staring each other down over the asparagus and salmon, do you think they even head nod? Do you like the no. specificity of that? No, yeah, that was great. My one of my favorite tweets ever from a player was uh, Rory tweeting at the USGA while DJ's ball at Oakmont on eighteen was in the air. What like is the Do you remember this? So the whole the fiasco with his the penalty on the green with DJ when he won at Oakmont, right? And DJ just murders a drive on eighteen and then just just hits the purest second shot into eighteen. And it hadn't, I mean, I, I don't even think it had stopped rolling and Rory fires off, a take that, uh, USGA, but he added, he, he put the, like he tagged USGA in it. <laughs> so and somebody was like, yeah, Rory, Rory, Rory's going to tag you. Like that's how he, that's how he rolls. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. So, all right. So, so Rory and Phil are already, uh, what do, what do you think about Rory this week? I uh, I thought it was I thought it was funny that so he shoots 64 on Saturday which is the round of the week by a stroke um and he said afterwards that he just he kind of was he just threw the turn like hopes of winning the tournament away and just went out and treated it like practice and it's like well maybe there's maybe there's something there like maybe maybe you should do that in the first round like, you know, like, let's let's throw I, out, I, let's throw out game plan, Rory. You know what? Just go play I, golf. I feel like there's times with him, and and this is true of some of the other type guys, where it's like the way they play when they're freed up is just it's so tantalizing because you're just like, why don't why don't you do this? All? I, I think DJ is like this a little bit. Um, what about Spieth on Sunday in Augusta? Yeah, yeah. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna win. I mean, you know, you might probably, <laughs> right? And so, just go play, and, and and I think that they get so. Rory is so thoughtful and so cerebral that I think he just gets caught up in in his own head some of the time. Um, and so to watch him play when he's not thinking about it and not really caring, uh, <laughs> there's a great 
there was a great Tron tweet from like two years ago when he said, <clears throat> this was about Reed and Rory. I think it was during the Ryder Cup. He said, Rory cares half as much as Reed and he's twice as good. <laughs> 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 but it's true. I mean, like just to watch him do that. And, and he did that at the BMW PGA too in Europe the week before. I don't think we've talked since then. So he plays uh, first 36 and 12 under there, and then the last 36 and three under. And then this week he plays the first 36 and even, and the last 36 in, I think, uh, 10 under. So you just got to string it together, you know, for four rounds. But I I think he's hitting it really, really well. And I think that uh, this is not a – I don't know. Rory hasn't really been – like last year was just kind of – weird uh i don't think we've really seen him hit it this well since the end of 16 when he won the the fedex cup right Uh, so i think that's exciting going into the major season do i think he's going to win shinnecock Mm, not really but uh, i think he could contend and i think he could seriously contend at at uh at one of the other two as well what about dj dj had a pretty good week yeah, and he didn't drive it very well. He actually said that after his round. I thought that was pretty interesting. He was like 26 in strokes gain uh, off the tee, which for him, might, you might as well be last. I mean, if you're not... Uh, like he lost he lost the one thing that he was really, really good at. Like his one special... His special power. He was gone. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a mere mortal, and he still finished, what, top 12? Where, where did DJ finish? T8. T8, yeah. He still finished top 10, and he was a mere mortal. Yeah. And so, like, when guys, like, when Jordan Spieth doesn't hit his approach shots well, I'm like, well, I'm 0% worried. He's literally the best ball striker in the world. When DJ doesn't drive it well, 0% worried. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I, I, could, I could really see him winning at Shinnecock again. I, I feel like I don't have a, I don't have a good feel for how Shinnecock is going to play. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I need to do some research, get in the get in the lab a little bit, get some get some uh, some takes formulated for Shinnecock for next week. Yeah, it's gonna sneak up. On, it has snuck up on us. Yeah, I, I, that's a blessing, though. You know, normally we talk about like the drag because um, then all of a sudden we we just start barreling downhill really really fast after the U.S. Open, um, and uh, then then before yeah. you know it, we'll. Uh, We'll we'll be at Carnoustie, right? Carnoustie, and then uh, then Bell Reeve in St. Louis for the PGA. Are you going to Shinnecock? Is that set? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I thought. Uh, I mean, the Masters is great. Like, I love obviously love going to Augusta. U.S. Open is pretty special because you get to be inside the ropes. You go to these just insane courses. Uh, I thought Oakmont two years ago was just one of the cooler experiences that I've had covering golf. Um, so I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about Shinnecock too. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. We what else do we have here? Uh, Jordan Spieth, bad week. Bad week. Not good. Uh, he doesn't have any top twenties post Masters. It's not not great. It's not like he's playing these. It's not. I mean, the memorial is one thing, but the the tournaments he's played are have not been. You know, like Byron Nelson and Colonial. You should have top twenty there. Yeah, but he's the, he's a guy. I, I said this on HQ today. I don't get. I don't know. Like, I just don't really. He do, he doesn't. 
he doesn't strike me as being as streaky as somebody like Phil or even like JT. Like if if Phil's on a heater, it's like, bro, just play until you miss a cut. Like don't don't take a week off. Uh, by the way, kid, who, who's your dream uh, Bryson pairing in Paris if he makes the Ryder Cup? Against him or with him? With him. Who do you want with Ooh. Bryson? Let, let, let me let me read you the uh, the top uh, like ten right now because I they haven't released the new standings, but I think he's going to move up into the top eight. So top eight are automatic. Oh, they just released it. Okay, so we've got uh, <clears throat> Reed is one. <laughs> Patrick Reed's Reed is one. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, JT two, DJ no, Spieth, no, Kep, Kepka, Fowler, Bubba, Bri- Bubba Bryson. Yeah, 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 Bubba maybe. That's right now the leader. <laughs> uh, Phil is nine. Phil's an automatic captain's pick. Tiger's an automatic captain's pick. Webb is tenth. Kucher eleven. Brian Harmon twelve. Um. Yeah, I think I'm going Bubba Bryson. Bubba Bryson would be awesome. Phil Bryson would be Phil great. Phil Bryson and would th- be very good. I think uh, Tiger Bryson would be low-key awesome. Um, what, which which you want to pair him up for? Alternate shot or uh, four ball? I want Phil Bryson alternate shot. Oh. <laughs> 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 Well, the uh, the air density here hey, is uh, hey, over here. Hey, Bryson, okay? You know what? Uh, there's a 2.9% chance you totally screwed me here. So, all right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Phil just starts turning it around. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think Bubba Bryson, uh, just because I don't know if they would know how to talk to each other. And, oh, uh, man. It would be crazy. And Phil Bryson. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I, it is starting to get to be be about that time where we can start thinking about our dream Paris combos. Yeah, we've got. I mean, the problem, it, like we don't have that many weeks until the Ryder Cup. I think we have uh, what, June, July, August. We've got like sixteen weeks, but you have three majors in that time, and that can flip the the standings a lot. Like if you want a major, you're on the team, and so if you if you get like if if Aaron Wise wins the U.S. Open, he's on the Ryder Cup team, and so then that just changes like the dynamic of it a ton. If Jimmy Walker wins the PGA, you're on the Ryder Cup team. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's cool though because didn't they have the uh, they had the fittings at this week in Dublin, Ohio. Yeah, there was like a, a thing, and and so I saw comments from several of the golfers. You know, like Tiger had his line about, you know, I got you know, there's the one uniform for the the captains and one for the players. You know, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to to wear both, or you know, hopefully I'll I'll be the first, whatever. Um, but they was gonna the screw up the outfits. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bryson <laughs> Bryson talked about getting fitted, and it was like a hey, you know, this could. He said it was the number one goal for him left this season. He said yeah. this this was awesome, and the number one goal from here on out is to be able to make it to Paris and getting to be fitted and sort of realize that you've got a chance to be someone wearing these outfits later in the year uh, yeah. is something that's incredibly motivating. And so from here on out, man, it just it it feels like it's on. It feels like the Ryder Cup race is on. <laughs> <laughs> 
On a scale of one to J.R. Smith, how crazy is it that Justin Thomas hasn't been on a Ryder Cup team? Not that crazy. I didn't. I just didn't start taking JT seriously until like the middle of last season. I just thought, I thought it was such a mistake that he wasn't on the 16 team. I, I know he could have earned it. It felt like the fifth or no, not the 15. It felt like the 13 President's Cup. I think it was when Spieth was a captain's pick as a 20 year old because Fred Couples or who I think it was or I think Mickelson went to Couples and was like, bro, put him on this team. Uh, after after he didn't qualify uh, in the playoffs, right? That's what that's what sixteen felt like for JT. Except nobody went to nobody. Somebody forgot to go to Davis Love and say, "Bro, put him on this team." <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I, it it's crazy that the number one player in the world has never played in a Ryder Cup. Agree, but again, I'm I'm going to claim <laughs> that I think that I just had I just had Justin Thomas in different at this point in the year. Uh, the the switch had flipped, but at the start of the 2017 season or the 2017 calendar year, I don't like January one 2017. I don't I don't know if I looked at uh Justin Thomas as definitively one of the eight or ten best American golfers. That's fair, and and, and I think that probably at that time, I well, depending on when in January you looked at it, because he he shot fifty nine at. Uh, yeah, it was he won it was at at Hawaii at the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, uh, he won both of them, but yeah, he shot a fifty nine at Sony and won that. But yeah, no, I I, I think I think that's a fair thing. Do you think those top eight will all be in Paris? So Reed, uh, JT, DJ, Spieth, those are all locks. Kepka, Fowler, Bubba, Bryson, will no. all eight of those guys be in Paris? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Are we sure Ricky's going to be there? We're not sure that Ricky's going to be there, but I if if we're if we're getting like if Kepka falls to nine, and yeah. and you're starting to look at like who would you rather have as your uh, captain's pick? I think Ricky gets in over Kepka. Yeah, I I think Ricky's going to be there. I think he means too much to the team room. I know that's a very cliche thing to say. <laughs> nah, every Ricky's the only one that bridges the gap. Yeah, yeah, he does. Like he's like the bridge between like Phil Island and uh, <laughs> and Reed Island, right? I think, probably. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna say all eight of those guys are in. Um, he's he's because he's sneaky old at 29 or whatever, 28, 29. He's the bridge between the like super young and uh, the establishment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, he totally is. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, of the top eight that you just listed, I would say Kepka's my, if, if I'm setting odds on most likely to not be there, which sounds depressing, but I'm, I'm going Kepka one, Bubba two. Yeah, I, the problem with Kepka is he was awesome at Hazeltine. Like he went, I think, three and a one in his matches there. But yeah, he's he and he's I don't know. He's played really well so far since he came back from his injury. Three sixty threes in two two tournaments. Mm, that's fair. I'm just such a <laughs> I'm I'm unfair. I'm unfair to Brooks Kepka. I'm I'm least confident about Bryson. Mm. Although he might be the one that I want to be there the most. Dang, that's hard. It is hard. I mean, there's gonna be somebody left off that is t- 
a star. I mean, Aaron Wise is 13th. Finau is 16th. Xander, 18th. Stanley's 17th. He's up there. Jimmy Walker, Kevin Kisner, Webb, Kucher. All those guys are inside the top 20. It's going to be uh, – it's going to be pretty interesting, especially when the 34th ranked guy, Tiger Woods, is uh, a lock. is a lock. Yeah. yeah, wild, wild, wild stuff. Um, all right, so we next week we uh, we're coming at you with you plenty of U.S. Open uh, preview conversations. Um, we Kyle, hold on a second. We'll get up with the travel schedule and uh, hit us up on Twitter. By the way, if you got any particular questions that you want answered here on the podcast, we always love hearing the feedback and do appreciate it. Uh, he is at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, Kyle, a lot of fun. US Open's up next. Thank you very much. Let's do it. I can't wait. Talk to you later, Chip. <laughs>